Hello, 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 and welcome to my podcast, That Show Fucked Me Up. It is I, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, your host, Mariel Vizcarra. Cue in the applause. What is up, fucked up fam? It's your girl. You already know the motherfucking drill. Um, just letting y'all know, I'm recording this episode laying down in bed like the lazy queen that I am. <laughs> you know what I look like? Oh, is it? Is it? I think there's like a meme of Jennifer Coolidge in bed, I think. And I feel like I look like her right now. I don't, I'm going to look for it. I'm going to look for that meme. Uh, but yeah, that's how I feel right now, laid out with my tiny little mic, just staring into space, um, just enjoying the vibes of the night. But let's get started. So I, I don't know why I told you that. Maybe just in case I sound like a little cozier than usual, it's because of that. <laughs> uh, let's get started with personal updates. So I'm recording this. On a Monday night, 8.55 p.m. to be exact, April 10th, 2023. Again, we're on the time machine. So this Friday, I hung out with the homegirl, Kelly, a.k.a. Kelly Bear. Uh, she's going to go to a wedding in Jamaica. And she was she needed help, like, finding a dress and buying some swim, swimsuits. So we made our way over to Fashion Valley. We had some really good, like, girl bonding time, just, like, shopping, like, helping helping her try on dresses, just talking, <laughs> more talking, chismeando. The gossip was great. Um, and then afterwards, oh, well, we were not successful in finding a dress, but we were successful in finding a bathing suit. She bought one. I bought one. Why did I buy one? Because I didn't want to feel left off, left out. It's really, really cute, and I had a really great time. And then afterwards, we were hungry, uh, we were hangry, and then I, I was like, what should we eat? What should we eat? And I suggested pho, so we went to Fakadao. It always hits. It always fucking hits. Fakadao. I'm just, I'm just so lucky to be alive in this lifetime where Fakadao exists. In this universe, in this metaverse. I'm so fucking lucky. Kelly's always teaching me different ways to eat stuff so usually when I do my pho I just add all the toppings like on inside the like the sopa inside the broth and but she did like a little like dipping sauce for the meat and I was like wow that's so smart and I started doing that and it's amazing we stand we stand we stand um but yeah, I had a great time with the homegirl Kelly Bear. I know she's a listener of the pod and uh, I adore her. So hi. Hi, Kelly. What's up? See you at work. <laughs> and then, okay, so that was Friday. Saturday was uh, the day of the show of Mariposa Rising, where my play, where it was like an anthology of new plays, and the theme was like Mariposa, Transition, uh, New Beginnings, etc., etc., etc. And uh, my play, Estelita Mi Estrellita, was one of the plays read, and I read for three plays, so three of my peers' plays. Uh, 
it was so I hadn't been on in, on stage for a while so it was like nice to be on stage and like stuff like that and like read and act and I I'm actually really good at it I'm like really really good at it and my like my friends were like why don't you do this more often and I'm like I'm literally so fucking busy work and the podcast and playwriting but I really enjoyed the feeling of being on stage and I think I did all right so I think I'm gonna start pursuing yeah like I need to add more shit to my I I need more stuff in my calendar scheduling more shit but I think I'll be like I think it would be pretty successful tbh tb fucking h wow a new a new what is it called a new what the fuck is the word that i'm looking for a new career no a new fuck it's gonna drive me fucking insane something that i'm good at a new i can't think of it i i I just i was just gonna say something like oh a new blah blah a new blank unlocked and you oh my god it's gonna drive me fucking crazy y'all fucking crazy okay but whatever um so i look let me give you an overview of what my play was about it's called estelita mi estrellita and it's basically two sisters one is like super calm like she's like the responsible one the other one is a sociopath (laughs) and the sister that's a sociopath finds out that her sister her sister who she loves and who she sees as like the person that raised her is in an abusive relationship where her husband is hitting her and you know what the sociopath the sociopath does what any sociopath would do in her in her position that's all i'm gonna tell you about the play i think we recorded it um so we want to make it available online so i'll let y'all know when that's available and then if y'all want to listen and see the reading of my play estelita mi estrellita um hit up your girl let me know and i'll send it over but yeah also shout out to terry and maca aka marielvi aka my my tocaya (laughs) I told Terry like the night before, like, hey, like, by the way, this is happening. And Terry was like, oh, like, I'm not sure if I can make it. I have dinner plans, blah, blah, blah. And they weren't able to make it for my the reading of my, my play, but they were there for the last three plays. So I'm super grateful because they had shit to do and they still uh, came and supported me. I love y'all. Thank you so much for always supporting me. I appreciate y'all. You're, y'all are the coolest. Y'all are the sexiest. Y'all are just amazing. So thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then I literally that night I went home (laughs) I went home and I just had I I got a little turned and I just had the time of my life I had the time of my life I actually had a really productive weekend because Saturday before like I cleaned I uh answered emails I fin I finished the uh the the next draft of my uh play tamales de piña and i sent it over it's ready for the new york reading i really like the edits that i made i really think it's gonna make the the story flow better um you know bring more depth to the characters so i'm just i need to buy my fucking flight dude (sighs) All, I just keep spending and spending and spending money. But you know what? 
all the money that I spend will come back to me three times, threefold, threefold, or like three times the amount. I'm manifesting. I'm not delusional. I'm manifesting. <laughs> uh, and I cleaned and I did stuff. And then I, oh, of course. And the most important thing, I took the notes for this episode. So yeah, I did a lot of shit. I did so much shit. However, if I do have one complaint about this weekend, uh, I do not recommend drinking a whole bottle of wine on a Sunday night. Who do I think I am? Who the, this this morning was so tough and it wasn't that I was hangover. I was just so exhausted. Like I couldn't get out of bed. I literally could not get out of bed. Uh but it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Recommendations corner. So, I haven't watched any movies, which is weird. I feel like nothing has spoken to me podcast recommendation so you know me i love the ruined podcast but i'm all caught up and i really wanted to like find another podcast that covers horror movies and uh i found horror movie talk the podcast and it's actually pretty good it's not the same format as ruined where they walk you through the whole movie it's more like kind of like they give their rating their thoughts and they give an overview and then they like they just talk about it and they make up so one of like i'm i'm barely starting like at the very beginning of their podcast so one of their like segments it's making up taglines that would fit the movie better and sometimes they're really funny and sometimes they're really stupid so i've really been enjoying it and it's like easy to listen to and yeah i recommend it tv shows still watching the sopranos bro i have a complaint a uh, trigger warning uh talk of sexual assault skip forward like a minute or 30 seconds what the fuck was up with that rape scene bro i was like just enjoying my little time i had i think it was yeah it was on saturday i had ordered a wing stop i was just eating my little wings and eating my little voodoo fries and just having a great fucking time and then what the fuck dude like y'all really were like you know what we should do you know what this show needs this show with so much violence needs it needs a rape scene it needs a fucking rape scene where one of like the most put together characters needs to get raped what the fuck dude that shit fucked me up that shit fucked me up the sopranos what the fuck were y'all thinking but it's fine other than that the tv show is really really good uh i love chris so fine so fucking fine i have issues i and then tony of course i mean i think it's the power am i attracted to men with power i might be i might be because they're not good people (laughs) they are not good fucking people i can't uh right now i'm in the part where uh jackie and his friends kind of try to like steal from like all of the 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 head the head the 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 middle middle ones the maid the maid man 
the made man, all the top top guns, and then it all goes wrong. That's where I'm at. Book, I'm still reading that book, The Break, I think. Yeah, I'm still reading that book, Music. So the other day, so no, on Saturday, my friend Kayla, who's also part of Paletras and was also a playwright and part of the ensemble for Mariposa Rising, came over and she's like, what was that song that you mentioned that you like that literally became your favorite song during one of the paletras meetings when we were like writing and Mabel was playing music in the background and it's by uh it's Te Guarde by Silvana Estrada and I showed it to her and then I just kind of let the playlist like go and keep on playing Silvana Estrada's music takes me to another dimension it makes me feel so at peace it her music just transcends time And I don't, like, I really want to go to one of her concerts. I feel like it would be, like, an out-of-body experience that I'm really looking forward to. I also really want to go watch Lana Del Rey live. And I also want to watch Gasu live. I really just want to start going to more concerts. I think I'm a thrive if I go to concerts. Yes. I'm going to make it, like, part of my personality. Like, oh, I just go to so many concerts. The last concert I went to was The Killers with Alyssa. And before that, um, and before that, it was an Ángel Aguilar concert that I went on a date to. Yes, it was a date. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I had a lot of fun. I mean, I was also kind of drunk. But, Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun the date went well uh but that didn't and that situation didn't end well it's fine it's fine it's fine you win some and you lose some in my case i just lose a lot i just lose <laughs> in relationships in romantic relationships and everything else i win i thrive i thrive in every other aspect of my life except relationships but you know what We're gonna start putting some positive energy out into the world or something. Or I need a limpia. The other day I tweeted, I don't know what the fuck I did on my past lives to deserve such horrible luck in my love life, in this life. Like, I'm just trying to right the wrongs of my past life. I really am. So if anyone is like a medium or uh you know just like reads energy on or knows like what the fuck i was i did wrong in my past life can y'all let me know real quick so i could write that wrong because i am sick and tired of the disrespect sick and fucking tired but it's fine it's fine um and i think that's it with recommendations so let's get oh wait you know what i did it wow i so fucking rude of me so fucking rude of me uh welcome to episode one of season nine where i will be covering the white lotus season two yay yay When I say yay like that, it reminds me of Kevin from The Office when he's trying to make, uh, what's her fucking face? What's her fucking face? Jim's, Jim's wife. Wow, I'm such a fake Office, The Office fan. Uh, Jim Halpert and you know who, and when he's trying to make, uh, her milk come out of her boobs. (laughs) Okay, um... 
But yeah, welcome. I'm so fucking excited to cover this show. This show had me at the edge of my fucking seat all throughout it. I really enjoyed it. I mean, y'all already know how I feel about the White Lotus season one, but season two was just magical. It was such a magical fucking experience. It was chef kiss. There was drama. There was suspense. There was sex. There was drugs. There was... uh beautiful italian man and women there were gays and you know how i feel about the gays i love them do i love them in this in this season stay fucking tuned <laughs> but yeah um lastly another thing that i forgot to mention that i told y'all i'm gonna start mentioning up top um i don't get paid uh ads anymore so i would really appreciate it if y'all recommend the show to everyone it helps so much um it encourages me to keep on creating i mean i love creating content for y'all but i mean the money would be nice right like i mean money is an amazing incentive so yeah i appreciate your love and your support and you keeping up with my crazy crazy antics but before further ado Let's get started with today's episode. All right. Episode one of season two of The White Lotus is called Chow. Uh, but before we get into like the, what actually happens, can we take a second to talk about how iconic the music and the opening credits are for this show? I mean, season one was a whole other ballpark, but season two... Holy shit, fucked up, fam. Amazing, iconic. It's a sleigh. At the end of the day, the music, the credits are a sleigh. Okay, but so the episode opens up with Daphne uh, enjoying her last day of vacation at the beach. So Daphne is one of our main characters, and we'll talk more about her as, you know, we get to know her more. It's her last day of her vacation. She's at the beach she's living her best life she's putting on sunblock and she asks the two ladies next to her if they just got there uh to italy and they say that they did and and i think they're in sicily and daphne shares that she leaves in a few hours and how she had the best time and she asks if they've been there before and they just shake their head and daphne raves about how everything about the trip was amazing and she's like, Italy is so romantic. You're going to die. <laughs> no, she's like, Italy is so romantic. You're going to die and they're going to have to drag you out of here. Uh, mm, mm, a little foreshadowing, maybe? Uh, well, stay tuned. <laughs> Finish the whole season and you'll find out. <laughs> so she tells them that they're going to have such an amazing time. And then she makes her way over to the water for one last swim. As she's uh, swimming and floating, she feels something touch her. And then she realizes that it's a fucking body. And she panics and she starts screaming for help as she makes her way over to the beach. It then cuts to Valentina, who's the hotel manager. And uh, she just got to the beach. And one of the hotel staff, Rocco? Rocco. Rocco. One of the hotel staff tells her that one of the guests have died. And Valentina tells him, like, oh, don't worry. The hotel is not, I mean, the ocean is not hotel property, so that they should be fine in case of lawsuits. Uh, but 
Rocco tells her how another worker told him how they found multiple bodies, not just one. And of course, Miss Valentina, Miss Hotel Manager, is shooketh, and she wants to know how many bodies they found. And Rocco, Rocco t- tells her that he does not know. And then they see the body that bumped into Daphne being carried out of the beach. And then we get a black screen, and it says one week earlier. Ah, I love, I fucking love. So again, it's one week earlier, and we see a boat taking the hotel guests to their destination. Daphne, who we've just been introduced uh, to, and her husband, Cameron, are there with another couple. And in the other couple, one of the characters is played by Audrey Plaza. Is it Aubrey or Audrey? Is it Aubrey or Audrey? (laughs) Audrey? No, it's with a B. Aubrey. Aubrey, like Drake. Uh, So one of the characters of the other couple that is there with Daphne and Cameron is Aubrey Plaza. And then it pans over and we see three generation of men from one family that are there together. And then we pan over again and we finally see the iconic... Tanya McQuad from the first season. And we see that Tanya is accompanied by her assistant, Portia. And Portia, Miss Portia does not look happy to be there. And then it cuts to two Italian women, uh, a brunette and a blonde one. Mia, the blonde, is sad because her boyfriend, Massimo, has another girl. And the other woman, the brunette, Lucia, tells her to forget about him and how the boat is about to get here. So they're, uh, they're Italian locals. Now, it cuts to a very familiar scene, a scene that we've seen before on the first episode of the first season of The White Lotus, but with different characters, of course. Valentina, the hotel manager, and the hotel staff welcoming the arriving guests. Again, very similar to season one, and Valentina is telling them to make sure that they wave to them all with the same hand or with their right hand. And they begin to wave with smiles on their faces as the first first speedboat brings in the first guests, the family of man, the grandfather, the father, and the son. Uh, Valentina gets mad at one of the staff members. I think it's she gets mad at Rocco because they only brought a, like a really small tray of champagne. Uh, but before the speed go, speedboat gets there, she's back to waving and being her bubbly self. So we just see her break character a little bit, but not in front of the guests. Mia and Lucia, the locals, the Italian locals, are watching from the boat from afar. And Mia asks Lucia if she knows what the man looks like. And Lucia just lets her know that she doesn't, but that he told her that he would be arriving in the boat at noon and how it could literally be any of them. So they're checking out like the three men and they look, they see the grandpa get out first and his name is Bert. And, um, Lucia, Lucia tells her that she does not think that it's him. And Mia asks if she ever gets old guys and if they could still get it up. And Lucia lets her know that they still can. And as if you haven't been able to tell by now, Lucia is a sex worker. Um, and Lucia also jokes that if they can't get it up, she she'll she has a pill that she could give them. <laughs> So Valentina greets the man, uh, and they're the the DiGrasso family, and she welcomes them to the White Lotus. She wants to know how the boat ride went, and she tells the grandpa that she's impressed that he's even there. And when Bert asks why, she lets him know that it's a long trip from L.A. to Italy and how he is quite old. (laughs) I adore Valentina already by this point. Look, 
this woman and you'll come to find out she has no filter. She doesn't wait for a response and she tells them that Isabella, one of the staff members, is going to take them to the room and the grandpa's happy to see that such a pretty woman is going to be the one escorting them to the room. Uh, then we see the next party get there, Mr. and Mrs. Sullivan, which is Daphne and her husband Cameron, and then and then they're with Mr. and Mrs. Spiller, and it's Ethan and Harper, and again, Harper is played by Aubrey Plaza, and Mia points out how the men are kind of cute, but then gets discouraged when she sees that the man came with their wives, and Lucia mentions that it would be the first time a married man pursued her. And Mia just says, oh, men are so disappointing. Girl, girl, I know. Tell me about it. Men are really so fucking disappointing. Like, man, do better. Do fucking better. So Cameron explains to Valentina uh, that his back was lost in Rome and Valentina has no filter again because she says that next time they need to fly from Munich and not from Rome. And she offers them Prosecco. And from the top, we and from the top, we can sense that there's a tension between the couples because Cameron and Daphne are like bubbly and want to make a toast. And Harper refuses. She's like, I don't want to drink. And Ethan like just makes her hold the glass so that she can toast with them, even though she doesn't want to drink. Then the last group to get there is Tanya and Portia. And me and Lucia comment on how many bags Tanya has. Um, and Tanya's telling Valentina that they always pull out all the stops for her. Uh, every time she stays in a white lotus and she that she always has a memorable time and valentina tells tanya that her husband's already there and tanya says good because he hasn't been responding to my text trouble in paradise maybe so we see the couples get to the room and by the couples i mean ethan uh and uh harper and cameron and daphne and ethan asks rocco who's the one that uh like took them to the room about the sculptures and uh he's like what what's up with the sculptures that we've been seeing everywhere about like they're like head sculptures i don't know and rocco explains to them that it's testa di moro and how oh my god sorry sorry if i'm screaming into your ear my my notes just refreshed um let's see so yeah study model and how the story is that a moor came uh, came a long time ago and he came to Sicily or Italy a long time ago and he seduced a local girl but then she found out that he had a wife and kids back home so she cut off his head as she should as she should I in my notes I wrote valid <laughs> Ethan asked what the message is if you put one of those head sculptures outside of your house and Cameron jokes if you come into my house don't fuck my wife. <laughs> and Daphne adds how it's a warning to husbands and how if they screw around, they'll end up buried in the garden. And she giggles. Ah, love Daphne. Rocco lets them know that, they're, uh, that their two rooms are connected and how if they want, he can unlock the door so that they like have easier access to the room. And Daphne and Cameron are like, yeah, that sounds good. But Harper lets Rocco know how it's okay and how they, they'll probably not like use that connecting door and there's an awkward silence and then she says that they might at some point and that if they change their 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 mind that they're just gonna let him know and then um so they change like the topic and they just start cameron and uh, daphne start saying how they're so happy that they're there that they're there together and rocco tells harper and and cameron that he will show them to their room so this is uh harper and ethan's room the one that they were first in 
once Harper and Ethan are alone, Ethan just gives her a look. Like, kind of like, why are you being such a bitch type of look without actually saying it? Um, and, and Harper does not respond. Like, she doesn't say anything. We're now with the DeGrassos, and uh, Bert is telling, so the grandpa is telling Isabella how both of his parents were from Sicily, so that they're Sicilian, and he flirts with Isabella and tells her that she has beautiful eyes and a great smile. And Dominic, the next in line, so Bert's son just turns to look back at his son, whose name is Albie, and he's like, are you seeing this? <laughs> Isabella thanks Bert for, like, the comments, and Bert continues and says how she must be very popular. Every time I think about the oh you must be very popular i think of bridesmaids when she's making like a sucking dick motion <laughs> uh i fucking love bridesmaids uh it's fine it's fine it's fine um so dominic explains uh it tells isabella that they're there because they're gonna visit the town where his grandmother was born and isabella's like says that it sounds special and then bert fucking farts out of nowhere and then everyone pretends not to notice but it was loud so like isabella's just doing like the the hospitality thing like oh everything's fine everything's dandy and she pretends not to notice <laughs> dominic continues and says how they're hoping to find some of their distant relatives and how they're hoping that someone in the town speaks english because they don't speak italian and Bert tells Isabella that she should come with them and be their translator. But Dominic just dismisses Isabella and tells her that, that they will take it from here. And Bert is upset that Dominic closed the door in Isabella's face. But Dominic explains to his dad that he was harassing the poor girl. And Albie agrees and says, <laughs> says that he was also farting. <laughs> and they tell Bert that they're going to their rooms and how they'll come by back to grab him in a few, like, maybe in like a few hours. I don't know. In the hallway, Dominic asks his son why they agreed to this vacation, and Albie reminds him that it's the nice thing to do. And Dominic, oh, by the way, Dominic is played by Christopher Maltesanti from The Sopranos. Ah, oh, love, love a silver fox. Love a short silver king, a short silver king with a big nose. Yum. JK, JK. Well, not JK. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> And uh, Dominic tells uh, tells him that tells his son Albie that he's got a migraine and that he's gonna go lay down. And Albie tells him, lets him know that he's gonna head down to the pool. And he's about to ask his dad at what time they should meet up later. But Do Dominic has already closed the door. <laughs> Cut to Valentina taking Tanya to where Greg is sitting, and Tanya asks Greg why he did not respond to all of her texts. Also, for those of you that maybe haven't watched or listened to my coverage of The White Lotus Season 1, Greg is Tanya's husband, and Tanya met him during Season 1 while they were both vacationing at The White Lotus Hawaii. So uh, Tanya asks Greg why she, he hasn't been responding to her texts, and Greg apologizes, uh, and he's like, oh, I've had a flare-up at work. And then Greg notices that Portia is there and he looks upset and he asks Tanya what she's doing there. And Tanya explains that she was traveling by herself. And Greg asks, so you bring your assistant to a vacation with your husband? Tanya does not understand what the big deal is. And Greg snaps at her and says, because I said no. But then he rephrases and says how, how their vacation is supposed to be romantic. And Tanya explains that Portia is not going to be in their bed and, and stuff and how she has her own room. But Greg tells her to get rid of her. And Tanya walks over to where Portia is and says, you, you're going to you're going to have to get lost. <laughs> Portia's like, OK. And then she asks for clarification on what lost means and if she should come back in a week. And Tanya just tells her that she can lay low in her room and not come out. 
Also, I kind of like Tanya in the first season. And right now, just like the, the way she's treating Portia, not great. Not great. Well, I mean, I didn't like her that, even that much in the first season because uh, what she did. But it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So Tanya goes back to where Greg is and then she just waves at Portia. He just like waves goodbye to Portia. And uh, what in Ethan and Harper's room, Harper's explaining how since... Uh, since he just sold his company and now he has a bunch of money, Cameron appears and now wants to be his best friend. And then she notices that Ethan is setting up his side of the bed and Harper comments how that is her side of the bed and how she wants to sleep there. <laughs> Marital problems, am I right? And Ethan just changes his mind, uh, change, changes his things to the other side. So he just complies. So we can already see like the dynamic between these couples. Um. And then Harper continues and says how Daphne and Cameron are so touchy-feely and how it feels performative to her. And she asks what couples do that, and Ethan adds happily married couples. But that, but not, but Harper does not think so, especially not a couple who has been married for five years, and she mentions how it feels performative. Ethan mentions how Harper is so quick to judge uh, people, and she says that she does because they were bragging about taking helicopters to the Hamptons and being friends with Jeff Bezos. So, yeah, she is going to just judge them. And Ethan explains that Cameron is the type of guy that if you can put up with him for like five minutes, you can put up with him forever since he's consistent. And Harper asks, a consistent douche. And Ethan agrees that he is and how he is crazy and that it is funny to him. Harper asks if he if uh, Cameron was like that in college, and Ethan says how he was way worse. And Harper wants to know why he was even friends with him. And um, Ethan explains that they were not friends at first; that they were just roommates. But how their friendship just kind of, sort of, like became a thing. Harper war warns Ethan that at some point during the trip, Cameron's gonna approach him with a money making scheme or with a favor. And Ethan tells her if um, and Ethan is like wants to know if Harper can make an effort uh, to like get along with like both Cameron and Daphne or it's going to be like a super uncomfortable week. So in the lobby, we see that Rocco and Isabella are flirting and Valentina calls Rocco's attention for just talking to Isabella when he should be working. And we see that Valentina's on a call and she sees me and Lucio walk into the hotel, like just walk by and she tells the person on the other line to hold and she goes over to them and she stops them. And she asks them if she can help them with anything. And Lucia tells her that they're there to meet a guest. Valentina asks for the guest's name. And Lucia tells her that he's an American. And when Valentina asks for the name again, Lucia like jokes. And he's she's like, his name's Tom Cruise. <laughs> but in Italian. <laughs> Valentina warns Lucia and Mia that the hotel is only for guests. So that they need to be out of the property. And Valentina lets them know that she knows why they're there and how that business will not be happening in her hotel. And Lucia asks if she's jealous. And as they're being escorted out, Lucia tells Valentina that she does not know what pleasure is and how it is written all over her face. So she's basically calling her a stuck-up bitch. And Valentina responds that at least she does not have sex for money. And Lucia comes comes back into the hotel when she's been escorted out and she yells at her, who'd pay, to who'd pay money to have sex with you, uptight, ugly bitch? <laughs> well, obviously in Italian, but I love the translation. And uh, once Lucia and Mia exit, she gets mad at the staff because no one was monitoring the entrance or the exit to make sure that uh, that only guests were coming in. Cut to Dominic making a call and his wife answers and she's like, what? 
And he, so we already know that there's issues there. And he tells her that they got their own one piece and how his dad is already getting on his nurse. But his wife tells him that she's in the middle of something and that she's going to go. Dominic tells her that he was just thinking of her and, and how they had originally planned this trip together and how he really wishes that uh, she was there. She just responds, whatever, Dom. And she tells him to fuck off. And Dom tells his wife that their daughter, Kara, is not answering his calls. And Abby, his wife, lets him know that it's because she does not want to talk to him and how she does not want. And she's like, oh, I don't want to get involved, you know, like with Kara and not talking to you. But Dominic says that if she does not want to get involved, then why is his daughter mad at him? And Abby responds, because of the latest fucking bullshit and everything else over the last 10 fucking years. Dom asks Abby if she should really be telling their daughter all of the details and she does not and she does not understand uh, why not because she's honest and because she does not keep fucking secrets from their family and she says how he should try it sometime. Dominic says how Albie, their son, is there in the trip and how he does not seem upset and Abby lets him know that he is upset but how he does not want to fight him because he's a sweet, sensitive young man and how she does not know how that happened because he sure as hell didn't get it from him. Dominic apologizes to his wife for everything and he says how he still loves her and Abby tells him to shut the fuck up with the apologies and he just sighs and tells her how he'll he'll let her know how it all goes and she screams I don't fucking care Dom I've wasted enough of my life I don't want you calling me anymore please it's fucking done okay leave me alone fuck you go fuck yourself you fucking piece of shit and she just hangs up on him ah, Dominic aka Chris Matasanti, sweetie, sweetie pie, what did you do? <laughs> ah, I'm living for the drama. So uh, cut to Albie swimming laps in the pool and Portia is also by the pool and she's on a call and she's crying uh, and saying how this, this is such a fucked up situation and how she has just been, she had just been stuck at home just doom scrolling on her phone for the last three years and how she finally got out, out of there and now she's in Italy and her boss just told her to stay in her room the whole time and how both she and Greg are fucking psychos and how the job of being Tanya's assistant is a joke. The person on the other line tells her to quit and Portia goes on about how Tanya is a miserable mess and if she have if she if she had half a billion dollars she would not be miserable. She would be out there enjoying her life. And she says, she says that it is so unfair and how she's so tired. And her friend on the other line tells her not to worry about Tanya and how she should just go and get some dick. <laughs> Same. That that would be me on the other line. That Girl, like, shut the fuck up. You're in Italy. There's a beautiful Italian man. Go get some dick, girl. Immediately. Immediately. Portia tells her that she knows and that... And that's what she wants and how she wants to get thrown around by a hot, hot Italian guy. Same, girl, same. <laughs> and that that now she's going to be stuck in her room just eating pasta all day since that's all they have in their menu. And how she's going to be so fucking bloated. And her friend just tells her that she needs to go back to work. So I'll be laced down in like the pool thingy. What is it called? Where the, the pool bad no you know what i'm talking about uh so he just sits there next to portia and he puts on his airpods um so they do not interrupt interact but he does notice that she's upset so cut to the couples having lunch under a shade close to the pool and cameron tells harper that he has a butt a 
buddy of his that knows her from law school and how he says hi. So he mentions his name and how he says hi to Harper. And he asks Harper if she wants to say hi to him back. And Harper says, yeah, tell him I said hi and congrats on not getting disbarred. So again, Harper does not like Cameron. She's not going to put up a facade. She is like, you know, like she's just being mean <laughs> i feel like if i was in that situation i would just try to play along even if i dislike the person but daphne asks harper what she does she's and harper explains that she does employment law and that she takes on clients that are suing their employer for discrimination sexual harassment wrongful termination and stuff like that so Harper notices that Cameron made a face when she mentioned sexual sexual harassment and Harper asked what the face was for. And he shares that his company has been dealing with a lot of bogus claims, even when there's like zero merit and how he and how even if the case gets thrown out, they still need to go through internal investigations and how it is a huge time loss and a total waste of money. Douchebag alert, douchebag alert. Yes, he is fine. Mwah. Fine as fuck douchebag alert so there's a pause and then harper adds that not all the claims are bogus and cameron agrees that they're not and he apologizes for his remarks and harper tells him that it's fine and daphne adds i bet you're really tough i bet all of your clients are happy to have you on their corner and cameron agrees and says how he wouldn't want to mess with harper either and ethan tells him that harper is a star of, of her firm and how she wins every case Back by the pool, I'll be finally asked Portia if everything is okay, and she lets him know that she's fine and how she's just dealing with some work stuff and how it's nothing and it's dumb, and she thanks him for asking. They introduce themselves um, to each other in exchange where they're from. Albi is from L.A., and Portia is from San Francisco. Albi shares that he loves San Francisco and how he spends a lot of time in uh, NorCal since he went to school up there. And he's and when she asks him what school he went to, he's hesitant to say. And then and then he just says, "Oh, Stanford." And Portia tells him not to be so ashamed of that. And Portia tells him that she went to Chico State and she asks uh, what he does for work. And Albi tells her that he's an er intern at an urban planning consulting company in Portia at. So that means that you can go on vacation for a week and no one gives a shit. And he's like, yeah, basically. <laughs> so Portia notices Bert at the top of the stairs and Albi explains to her how they're Sicilian or of Sicilian heritage and how they're taking uh, his grandpa to the town where his mom was born. And Portia adds how she thinks that is that is nice. Then in the background, Bert falls and Albi and Portia rush over and Bert gets up really fast. Like I was surprised, like this man's old. He just gets up. I wonder if it was like his double or stunt double. And Albi asks if he's okay and so does Portia. And Bert notices how cute Portia is and he immediately goes into his flirt mode. But Albi asks his grandpa, uh, like Albi takes his grandpa away and Albi tells Portia that he'll see her around. And then Bert asks his grandson who the girl was. So in her room, Tanya is getting all cute, doing her makeup and shit, and she downs her drink. And honestly, she looks, Jennifer Coolidge looks so good in this scene. And she's wearing a sexy black slip, yes, queen. And she goes over to Greg, who is in bed reading a book, and she starts to rub his feet. And then he brings his feet up to her tits. Like, he, she rubs his feet on her tits. And Greg is like, right now? And Tanya just excitedly nods. <laughs> oh, my God. Greg gets up, and Tanya's like, where are you going? And he says, you don't want, you don't want me to wash off 
wash blah, blah, blah. you don't want me to wash wash up first it's hot outside i got a swamp crotch ah what a way to kill the fucking mood and tanya is so clueless and she says with a smile on her face ah oh, he's always thinking of me girl girl stop <laughs> back with the two couples and harper tells Daphne to disregard her text about the Ambien. So Harper had texted Daphne about if she had Ambien uh, because she found it. And Daphne lets her know that they don't have any Ambien either way. And Harper's surprised to know that they don't struggle with sleeping. And Camera asks why she can't sleep. And Daphne speculates that it might be because of the stress of her work. And Harper agrees that sometimes it has to do with that, but it mostly has to do with the state of the world. And Daphne asks, what do you mean? What's going on? <laughs> And Harper mentions how it's like the end of the fucking world. And Daphne tells them, like she tells all of them, she's like, it's not that bad. And how her and Cameron have stopped listening to the news. Ethan is shook to hear that they don't listen to the news. And Cameron explains that they're over the whole news cycle because they're just trying to freak everyone out. And he calls the news an apocalyptic soap opera. And Daphne agrees. And how even if it was as bad as they say it is, there isn't really much that they can do because they already vote and donate money. And how obsessing does not bring any good to their lives Cameron asks his wife if she really voted and she's adamant that she did and Cameron tells her that he does not think that she did Harper asks them what they do all day and Daphne explains that she's home all day with the kids and how she does watch a lot of Dateline so she's like no news but Dateline and she specifically likes husbands murdering their wives and how she, she's like she mentions how she loves that kind of stuff and mentions how it happens a lot on vacation Daphne shares that Cameron really likes to watch macho reality TV. And when I think of macho reality TV, I think of like those, uh, the people that work on the, what is it called? That one show, the pawn shops. That's what I think of macho reality TV. Is that like, what do y'all think when you think of that? Um, and how all the guys are really ugly. And then she catches herself saying that. And she's like, oh, that probably sounds really bad, but it's true. They are all really ugly. <laughs> And Cameron tells Daphne that people in, date, in Dateline are not exactly attractive. And Daphne adds, well, at least they're murdering each other. Girl, girl. <laughs> Daphne asks Ethan what he likes to watch. And he mentions that he likes documentaries. Of course they do. And how sometimes Ted Lasso and Cameron and Daphne both like Ted Lasso since he's so likable. And then Harper adds that she does not watch Ted Lasso. So Harper, stop being the odd one out. <laughs> Ethan adds how there's so much content out there and how you never know what to choose. And then Harper says, it's like we're entertaining each other while the world burns. And Ethan tries to lessen the tension and he agrees with Harper and he says how they're all like zombies. And then he makes a zombie sound like it's so awkward between these two couples. And Daphne says, I love a binge. <laughs> and Harper responds, I don't so awkward. I mean, I, I feel like I relate a lot to Daphne. <laughs> Cameron breaks attention and says how if he can't go for a, a swim, he'll just tan and he removes his shirt. And the reason he can't go for a swim is because he doesn't have swim trunks because his luggage was uh, lost. And Ethan tells him how he can lend him one of his trunks and Harper volunteers to go up there. And Cameron tells her that, he, uh, that he'll go up with her because he needs to change into the swim trunks. And Ethan and Daphne stay behind to get another round of drinks. So cut to Tanya and Greg having sex and she's making the funniest sounds and the funniest faces. And then she like freaks out and she pushes him off of her. And then he like falls off the bed and she explains that she must have been disassociating him. 
<laughs> and how she was seeing all of these faces of men with very feminine hairstyles. And then she saw him and that his eyes were like shark eyes, like dead, really dead. And Greg is like, well, you know how to really pump a guy up. And Tanya explains that it must have been the boning, the boning uh, she took before the flight. And Greg is like, I didn't get to finish. And she's like, I need to take a breather. And Greg just puts his boxer back up, back on. And Greg sings, I made love in the afternoon with Tanya. And then he notices an empty box and he asks Tanya if she ate all the macaroons. And Tanya's like, what macaroons? And Greg yells, how do you expect to lose weight if you inhale five macaroons and not even remember? Bro. And he just throws the box on the floor as he walks away. And Tanya tells him how there were only three macaroons and he disagrees. And he asks if she drank the, all of the champagne too. Bro, red flag. If a man comments on how you eat, red flag, red fucking flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Do not talk to me about what I eat or the quantity, the quantity of how much shit I eat. Shut the fuck up. Man should just shut the fuck up, honestly. Uh, cut to Harper and Cameron getting to, um, no, what the fuck did I, yeah, getting to her room because obviously she's, Ethan's trunks are in their room and she finds the swim trunks uh, and hands them to Cameron and Cameron lets her know how even though they don't really know each other um, all that much and he really appreciates her being there and how it means a lot to him and how he's so happy that Ethan found someone like her and Harper tells him thanks uh, for inviting them and how it'll be fun and she tells him that she's gonna go get some sunscreen so Harper goes to the restroom and Cameron changes into the trunks and very near like I shot and Harper sees his huge dick. I don't know why I paused before huge. <laughs> so she's like, she's like in the restroom. She looks up and I think she sees a reflection of him. And you could just see that dick bouncing back and forth as he's putting on those swim trunks. <laughs> Cameron acts all nonchalant and he asks Harper what she thinks of the trunks. And he's like all flexing his abs like a douchebag. And Harper tells him that they look that the swim trucks look fine and how she can't find the sunscreen. So she should just, she'll, she'll head back in a little bit. So cut to LB getting uh, to Dom's room. So to his dad's room, to Dominic's room. And he explains how his grandpa fell and how he's fine right now, but that he might have a concussion and how someone should sleep with him tonight to keep an eye on him. And Dominic volunteers that Bert sleep in LB's room because he's going to be, he's like, oh, like he should, you should sleep with him. Cause he's, I'm going to be up working up most of the night since, um, it's it's uh, daytime in LA when it's nighttime here. And then they agree uh, to go to dinner at 8 p.m. Cut to Lucia and Mia outside of the hotel and the security is keeping an eye out for them. And Mia wants to know how the man from the hotel contacted her. And she reveals that she has an online profile and how one time someone DM'd her on Instagram saying how they would give her 50 euros for a picture of her feet. And that's when she realized that she could make a lot of money whenever she wanted. Lucia tells Mia that they should have a threesome and charge the man double, but Mia tells her that she does not do those things. And Lucia tells her that she will do all the work, and Mia tells her that she can't be with another man because she's, she's still in love with Massimo. Lucia scolds Mia about being a romantic and how she needs to be more practical and, and learn how to use her charm to get what she wants for a man while she's still young and how she can use the money to make music. And Lucia asks Mia if she's down, and Mia agrees that she'll go in with her, but she's not going to have a threesome. And then they notice that the security guy is gone, and they make their way back into the hotel. 
it's dinner time at the White Lotus and a piano man is playing some music. And then we see that Lucia and Mia got ready together at the hotel restroom. And Lucia did Mia's makeup and Mia says that she looks like a putana. And Lucia is like, exactly. So she's like, you look like, she's, Mia's like, I look like a slut. No, Lucia's like, bitch, that's the look we were trying to achieve. What do you mean? <laughs> we see Tanya and Greg getting to the restaurant. And then Tanya sees that Portia is sitting in a table alone. And Tanya excuses herself to go over to Portia while Greg is talking with one of like the staff members from the restaurant. And she tells Portia how she told her to stay in her room. And Portia's like, I needed to eat. <laughs> And Tanya's upset because Greg is going to flip the fuck out when he sees her and she forces Portia to hold a menu to cover her face. Oh, my God. At the DeGrasso table, Bert is flirting with the waitress and Dominic is over it. And this just this man just wants a drink. Give this man a drink. The waitress walks away and Dominic tells his dad that he needs to knock it off, knock it off, knock it off. Yeah. And Bert doesn't understand what the problem is since flirting is one of is one of life's pleasures. Dominic asks his dad if he actually thinks he has a chance with any of the women that he flirts with. And Bert tells his son not to be rude and how he might get older and older, but the woman that he desires remain young and how that is natural for a man. And uh, and he's like, oh, and you could probably relate to that, too. And Albie asks his grandma if he can still get it, get it up. And Bert says that he can he can and really strong ones, too. <laughs> Albie asks his grandpa if he still jerks off and Bert says how doctors say that you gotta release at least once a day otherwise you get backed up and Dominic questions which doctors are saying that and Bert argues that it's common knowledge and Albie thinks that after a certain age man should just stop feeling horny and he's like around 50 and Dominic is like hey 50 is not that old and Albie thinks that no young woman should be exposed to an old man's junk and Bert says the realest thing ever It's not like it was ever so beautiful to look at anyway. It's a penis, not a sunset. Agreed. Can we all just come to the consensus that penises are so fucking ugly? Like, why did they have to be that ugly? God? God, it's me again. <laughs> Your girl. <laughs> why? I only have one fucking question for you. Why? Lucia and Mia get to the restaurant and Cameron notices them as he as they walk in and he whispers over to Ethan, hookers. And Bert also notices them and says, looks looks like a couple of locals. And they get to the bar and the piano man also checks them out. Cameron is like, you don't recognize hookers? So innocent, man. And he comments, oh, back in college, Ethan was the original incel and Daphne and him laugh. Ethan does not agree and Cameron apologizes and says how of course he could have gotten laid because he was a, he's a handsome man and he jokingly says how he would do him and Harper does not seem amused. Cameron adds that back in college, Ethan was a workhorse and how he never came out of his room and Harper says he's still like that. Girl, girl, you're not helping your man. First, you don't say you're like being so unpleasant. And then the one time you do say something, you're saying something against your man, you should be like, Oh, no, he's like super chill. He's like super laid back. Harper, and then Harper does the most controlling wife thing ever. And she tells Ethan what she thinks they should order. And he tells her that he was thinking of getting the fish. And Harper says that she She thinks the fish would be too fishy. And Ethan argues that whitefish is pretty light and not fishy at all. And Harper argues that he can get the fish tomorrow and how they'll be there all week. But then Harper notices Cameron and Daphne like, like share a look. And Harper changes her mind and agrees to get the whitefish and share the fish with him. And then Cameron asks the table 
what white, what wine they should get. And Daphne says how she likes white. And Cameron agrees with her right away. And he's like, yeah, I like white too. And Harper just looks annoyed. Then we see Tanya look at Portia from across the restaurant, giving her the death stare and saying, like, basically saying, get the fuck out before Greg sees you. And then she even mouths at her to go back to her room very rudely, if I might add. Again, Tanya is not getting any gold points in my book. Portia gets up to leave and Albie notices and then Lucia says goodbye to Mia and she tells her to take care of herself and she sneaks past Valentina and Valentina, the hotel manager, sees uh, Lucia, uh, but when she goes after her, she can't find her and she calls Lucia one fast slut. <laughs> cut to Portia in her room and she's stalking Albie on Instagram as she drinks some wine and then it cuts to Albie in bed reading and his grandpa starts farting because, you know, a bird is sleeping with Albie because he might have a concussion from his fall. And Albie's like, you know what? You did not hit your head that hard, so I'm just going to go. And Albie leaves his grandpa's room. And then he walks past Lucia uh, as he goes to his room. And then she gets to her room, and she knocks. And guess who the fuck opens the door? Dominic, Albie's dad, opens the door for Lucia. Why did I write whore in my notes? I love Lucia for that. I love her for being a whore. At the bar, the piano man goes over and gives a drink to Mia, and he asks her if she enjoyed the concert, and she says that she did and how he was great. He asks her if his if her friend left her all alone, and she tells him how she'll be back soon, and he introduces himself as Giuseppe. Mia lets him know that she's a singer too, and her dream is to write songs and perform, and how she thinks that it's amazing how he has that job, and how that would be crazy for her if she was able to get that same opportunity. Giuseppe tells her that to work at a place like the White Lotus, you must be exceptional at what you do. And Mia shares that she can also play the piano. Giuseppe stares at her intently. And then after a while, he asks her if he has to pay and how much. Mia's confused because she's not a sex worker. Lucia is, but Giuseppe does not know that. And he asks her how much. He, and he's like, how much do I need to take out from the bank? Mia is offended and he tells her and he like continues and he's like, oh, I know I know a place that we can go to and how he just needs to get home before midnight. And Mia thinks about it for a bit and then she dumps her drink on him. Queen cut to Cameron in, in Daphne's room and Daphne is saying how Harper was definitely more talkative by the pool and how at dinner she was actually kind of nice. And Cameron says, now that he's loaded, do you think he regrets marrying such a dud? <laughs> Daphne ignores him and she says how she wants to FaceTime their kids again and Cameron tells her that they literally just hung up on them and how he knows that and how he knows that she misses them but that they're in Italy and that they're in vacation and how they need to enjoy it and he gets on top of her and then he begins tickling her question mark bruh I can't the couples have a connecting rooms as we saw earlier and we see that Harper and Ethan are in bed and Harper's reading and Ethan is in his laptop and they're just hearing Daphne and camera and Cameron laughing and squealing. Harper looks over at Ethan and she asks, is he hurting her? And we can see that they're playing around and now Cameron is chasing uh, Daphne around making monkey noises. Oh my God, parallel to the first season. Uh, Ethan thinks, um, he, Ethan like, disregards what Har Harper's saying and she thanks her for making more of an effort and how he knows that they kind of live in a bubble but that they're fun so he's talking about Cameron and Daphne Harper just looks at him and says 
they don't vote, Ethan. And he responds, I know, what the fuck? They don't read the news. <laughs> and Harper corrects him, they don't read. Like, what do they even talk about? And Harper asks if that is what happens after you've been rich for so long. And Ethan adds that they do seem, seem happy. But Harper believes that it's all a front. Ethan says that he thinks that it's good to have diverse friends. And Harper says how they're probably Cameron and Daphne's diverse friends. They're white passing diverse friends. And Ethan agrees with her as he continues to work. Harper closes her book and then she tells him how when they came up to get the suit, Cameron just got butt naked in the middle of the room to switch to change into the swim trucks. And Ethan asks her where she was and she tells him that she was in the bathroom. And Ethan says how it doesn't seem that weird. And how uh, Ethan, I mean, how Cameron was just getting changed, and Harper just, just she's like, goes to her side to fall asleep. Cut to Tanya in her room taking off her jewelry, and she notices two macaroons behind her jewelry box, and she goes over to where Greg is at, and and he's like in the restroom, and she's about to knock, but she hears him whispering, and he's saying, how, how he's like. He does not want to talk about it right now and how it is not the time. And then Tanya knocks and then we hear Greg say, fuck. And he opens the door and he says how he's talking to Bob from work. And he makes an excuse about the reason he was whispering is because he thought he, that Tanya was getting ready for bed. And Tanya like excitedly shows him the two macaroons to prove that she only ate three and not all five of them. And Greg mentions and Greg is like, yeah, but you had the whole panna, the whole panna cotta, panna cotta at dinner. Again, toxic relationship. A man should not comment on what you're fucking eating. Tanya tells Greg to take the macaroons. Like, she's like, and he gets mad and he tells her how he does not want them now and how he just brushed his teeth. And then it's, and then he's like, I'm on the phone. And Tanya goes to her bed looking all sad. We then see Lucia in Dominic's room and he serves her a drink and they cheers together. And oh my God, Dominic looks so fine here. And Lucia confesses that she went down to the dock when his boat arrived and how she wanted to see what he looked like. And Dominic asked her what she thought of him. And Lucia says, very handsome. Girl, I agree. Dominic thanks her and then she gets excited. And then she gets excited because he's from L.A. And Lucia tells him how she has always dreamed of going to Los Angeles. And then she realizes that she has shared too much and she sips on her drink. Dominic tells her how she should go to LA and Lucia says how she does not have the money. And Dominic lets her know that he's that she, she, she oh, so he tells her that she seems like a really nice person and how he's going through a lot in his life right now, so it's hard for him to make conversation, but that she's very beautiful and that he's glad she's there. And Lucia gets up and goes towards him and she puts his hands on her body as she straddles him and begins to kiss him. And I just wrote in my in my notes in capital letters, hot. <laughs> and that is the end of the first episode of season two of The White Lotus. All right, fucked up fam. Let's get started with our segments. Just full disclosure, I just shared a bottle of wine with my mom. Um, so hopefully I'm in my five senses, my six senses. Just kidding, a ghost. <laughs> I'm fucking dumb, but it's it's fine. It's fine. Like, I am a professional. I can handle my alcohol. I, you know, just needed a little de-stressor on a Wednesday, on a fucking Wednesday. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But starting with that shit's traumatizing. So imagine, imagine this, your Porsche, right? Your Porsche 
first of all, can we talk about Portia's name? Like, I don't know anyone in real life named Portia. Do y'all know some Portias? Like, when I hear Portia, like, I'm like, oh, that's my Portia. Like, that's, like, how, like, rich people talk about their cars, like, their Porsche. Like, that's my Portia, you know? <laughs> okay, but, so, you're Portia. You're on a business trip with your crazy boss. You're in Italy. You get there, and then you get told, get lost, bitch. Like, basically, like, stay out of my way. Stay in your hotel room. Don't leave. Like, don't go back. Don't get lost for a week. I need you to stay in the hotel. Be close by, but stay out of sight. I feel like that's traumatizing because, like, all right, so you already made up, made up your mind that you're going to be in a business trip. And what, what does that mean? You're just going to be traveling with your boss because you're your boss's assistant. So you're going to be doing everything she's doing. So you already, like, kind of, like, made an itinerary of, like, the things that you're going to do, like, all the, like, the nice places that you're going to see, the nice places that you're going to eat at because your boss is bougie. And then, like, you get there, your boss's husband is, like, tell that bitch to get the fuck out. And then you're just, like, you just have to stay inside a hotel in Italy you can't even explore like what like what is wrong with rich people dude where they just feel so entitled like yeah they're like oh yeah we're gonna pay you like so they just feel entitled like I'm just picturing it from like my perspective I've never been to Europe so I feel like if I was in Italy yes I would want to fuck an Italian like stud like I do want to get thrown around by an Italian stud like and if you know me in real life I'm sorry that you're hearing me say this it's the wine and I'm gonna blame it on the wine <laughs> but but I mean I would take the opportunity to just go sightseeing and do touristy shit and like stuff like that but yeah I feel like that's just traumatizing for Portia and I'm trying to like empathize with her even though I do think she's being a little bit of a drama queen like girl like get over yourself it's not like you're in Italy right like you're staying at this beautiful five-star resort of course it's the white lotus the white lotus has uh its reputation for being an amazing place to stay at but like okay I empathize but at the same time Girl, get the fuck out. You know, Portia, please, 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 please. <laughs> also, okay, so another thing that's, like, kind of traumatizing, but, like, not not really, but, yeah, whatever. So you're going on a trip with this couple that you barely even know. I feel like that's not traumatizing, but that's already stressful. Because when you go on trips where you have to go overseas, you want to go with people that you know that you that and that you know are good travelers or that are travelers that merge with your lifestyle or your way of life. So you're going with these people that you barely know from like Harper's perspective perspective because obviously Ethan knows Cameron because they went to school together but Harper doesn't know anything about him and, and Harper doesn't know anything about Cameron's wife Daphne and they're like just through conversation you know like they're just being like what's the word that I'm looking for they're just like talking because I mean they're there on their trip already um and then just finding out that the people the couple that you're traveling to are kind of just like oblivious to what's going on in the world and like even worse than that they don't want to know they don't care finding out that the people you're traveling with didn't fucking vote 
Like they, like they're so fucking entitled that they were like, they don't need to vote because they're already doing good. And regardless of what happens, they're gonna still be doing good. Like, do you get what I'm saying? And then just like saying, like, like I do understand the whole thing of like, um, the the new cycle is just like, um, what's post apocalyptic, like never ending, like cycle. I do get that because I personally feel overwhelmed with just like being bombarded with news, with horrible fucking news around the world, and I shared it like recently with some people, I was like, I feel like I have to turn off like my empathy sometimes. And I know it sounds bad, but it's the only way that I'm going to move forward because I have shit to do. And if I don't turn it off for a little bit, I feel like I would just spend the whole day or like my whole life just crying and traumatized and scared and paranoid. So I do understand like the whole like post-apocalyptic news cycle like it's never ending everything's bad everything's horrible but at the same time i know what the fuck is going on in the world i am a citizen that cares about other people that wants what's best for other people that that votes like literally that's literally the bare minimum voting so i feel like just finding out that like the people or like the man that your husband was acquainted with in college is now like this douchebag and now you're on a trip with them it's just like fuck so I kind of get like Harper being like such a bitch to them well not really because I'm a Libra and I'm nice to everyone but still this one this one literally literally traumatized me I as someone who fluctuates in their weight Fat shaming is so traumatizing and something that I don't stand for. Like, fuck. And especially if it comes from someone that's supposed to love you and cherish you and that you made a fucking commitment to and that there were vows involved. Like, that's your husband, Tanya, and he's fat shaming you. I, like, even even when it's, like, health-wise... Like, you're like, you should have better eating habits. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. You don't know anything about me. Like, still, I'm, like, really, like, it's a very touchy subject for me. Like, I know, I'm sorry, I just, like, scratched my mic. I know what I need to do about my health. But I also really like food. And I am someone that just chases after, like, the good feelings in life. That maybe is bad, but I don't really give a fuck. I love food. And yes, my my weight fluctuates. So I'm just like, this man has the balls to call out Tanya about, oh, you ate the five macaroons? Bro, first of all, those shits are tiny, yeah. (laughs) Second of all, all, my girl's on vacation. She can do whatever the fuck she wants, you know? Like, vacation is a time where you just let loose. Like, I've never understood people that are on vacation and they still need to follow like a strict regimen. Like maybe that's just their lifestyle. It's like how they keep some structure in their life. But that's totally not me. Like if I'm like maybe like taking care of my food, like food wise and stuff like that. If I'm on vacation, like what, like I'm going to be one of the seven deadly sins. Like I'm going to be gluttonous, like gluttony. Is that how you pronounce it, dude? Like, I don't even know, but I just, I am really for just 
having a good time. And sometimes, and like giving into the pleasure of life and just relaxing and enjoying what's around me. And sometimes that's food. So I hate when people comment on what other people eat. I hate it for myself. I hate it for other other people. I hate it for fucking fictional characters. Like, you can tell right now that I'm so fucking passionate about this. But, yeah, I'm going to give it a break because I could talk about this forever. Like, one time, like, someone told me that their partner was, like, telling them, like, oh, you shouldn't eat that much about, like, like oh, haven't you already eaten, like, that fast food this week? And I was, like, holy fucking shit. I was, like, dump him. I was like, murder that man. <laughs> because that, first of all, that's none of his fucking business. If he wants to be healthy as shit, that's uh, his personal choice. If you don't want to be that, like, it doesn't mean you got to follow in his footsteps. I am so mad. I'm so sorry, fucked up fam. This is a very, as you can see, a very, very, very toshi subject for me. Um, I don't know why I'm speaking in an accent. I don't know if it's the white. I feel like I'm talking like a thousand miles an hour right now. Like, I'm talking so fucking fast. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, what else? What else? What else? Okay, this one, like, I don't know. So I wrote, I wrote someone exposing themselves to you. So I feel like it's shocking. I don't know if it's, no, it's, it, I feel like it depends on the context, right? If it's like just a stranger, like literally, literally showing them their penis to you or like their balls and stuff like that that's traumatizing um I don't know if I've ever talked about this <laughs> not me trauma dumping I'm sorry I'm so sorry I'm so fucking sorry um so one time when I was like maybe like a teenager I was in a airport um I think I was going to San Francisco I don't know where the fuck I was but I think it was when I was going to New York when I was like a teenager, like maybe 15 years old. And I, we were just waiting by the, by our fucking terminal. And then I look up and like a man is sitting across from me and like literally commando, like literally, like he was just wearing shorts and like his legs were open and I could see his dick and his balls. And that moment have just has just stuck with me like for the rest of my life. And it wasn't even that like, you know, like, did he forget to put on underwear? I don't fucking know. It was the way he was looking at me. Like this grown adult man noticed that I noticed him like spread eagle, digging balls, poking through his short. And it was just like, like in my mind, I was just like, do you know what's happening right now? Like, like, was this intentional? Was you making me feel uncomfortable intentional? So I feel like I kind of get, like, the Harper and Cameron scene where he, like, just changes into the, the swim trunks right in front of her without, like, not even thinking about it twice. But I feel like any other man, any other man would have been like, hey, like, I'm going to go next door to my fucking room and change. And if he had forgotten his keys, he would have waited till Harper was out of the restroom and be like, hey, I'm going to change real quick. Like the fact that he was nonchalant, just doing it right outside the room with the door open while she went into the restroom to get some like uh, sunscreen. And like, I feel like it's because this man knows he's hot. And he knows he's packing. Like, this man was packing. Like, packing, packing, packing. But that's still not okay. So that's why I guess I put it under that's just traumatizing. Because 
first of all, they're there with their spouses. Like, I'm just, I'm just having a hard time rationalizing because I do understand the whole thing. Like, oh, we're here with like our partners or like whoever we're in a relationship with. And like, it's hot that we're like kind of attracted to each other, even though we're here with like our partners. But like Harper has not given him an in at all. Like Harper literally hates this man. Like she can't stand him. And he still did that to shock her for effect. So that's why I'm so, I'm also very passionate about this. As you can see, uh, my trauma's peeking through. <laughs> and lastly, for that shit's traumatizing, finding out that Dominic is the one that hired Lucia. <sighs> First of all, Michael Imperioli. Mwah. Like, he was hot in The Sopranos. He, the señor, the señor can still get it right now. Like, if he tells me to bark, I say how loud. Just kidding. I don't know why I said that. But <laughs> but I think it's just, I feel like I didn't expect it. I don't, I feel like the, during the second watch, like I knew it was going to happen. But like during the first watch, I was like, who hired her? Who hired her? Like I didn't know who it was until that moment at the end of the episode where Dominic opens the door. And it's just like, I get well, I guess we did get hints because the way that like if you haven't watched the season two of the White Lotus, I mean you don't have to watch the first season if you don't want to, but the way that like um Dominic's wife, Abby, yells at him through the phone, like that just shows how like angry, like like, the anger that this woman has for her husband. So, you know that he did something fucking horrible. And the fact that this has been going on, he has been, like, you can tell that he's a sex addict, right? Like, he has been cheating on her for the past 10 years. When did his addiction start? We don't know. We don't have this information. But it's just, like, now we know why she was screaming at her, like, fuck you. I fucking hate you. Like, you know, like, she has a reason to say that. Fuck yeah, dude. Like. I would too. Like the you, you married this man, and then he's like embarrassing you like this. No fuck, no. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Could never be me. All right. Um, moving on to that shit's heartwarming. <laughs> when Tanya gets all cute and she goes up to Greg and she's like, oh, like you know, like kind of like starts massaging massaging his feet, and then she puts his feet on her tits, kind of like rubbing his feet against her tits, and then uh, she's. He's like, oh, like, right now? And then he, like, gets up, and Tanya's, like, so confused, and he's like, what? I have swamp crotch. <laughs> I fucking love the writers. The writers, mwah. Um, the second uh, thing that's heartwarming, when Albie asks his grandpa if, he's, if he still gets boners, and Bert is like, yeah, I do, and I get some strong ones, too. And I masturbate every single day because the doctor says that you have to release on a daily basis. Like, what? <laughs> Male conversations are so funny to me. Like, the fact that men never grow up, because it's literally, Albie is a personification of, you know, Dom, and Dom is, like, the personification of Bert. So it's just, like, you're just seeing it like generations can pass by and men are still disappointing are still the same and that's so sad but at the same time so funny 
but not. <laughs> it's funny, but not funny, funny. Um, and then I really enjoy like Harper not giving a fuck about being a bitch to them. Like she's not there to play nice during this episode. Like they're like, you know, because I feel like I would want to play nice because I don't like making people feel uncomfortable, but I really respect when people really don't give a fuck. And I feel like Harper is not giving a fuck and it's really funny. And it's just like making people feel uncomfortable as like an external spectator, like not so, like as an audience member is really entertaining. And then the last scene uh, that I felt, the sex scene between Greg and Tanya, like, what the fuck kind of sounds was Tanya making? And now I'm very self-conscious about the sounds that I make. Ah, fuck. All right. Uh, Moving on to take it with a grain of salt segment. Dominic, 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 Dominic. Look. Fucked up fam. Y'all know I'm like, hell yeah to sex work. Like, yes, yes, I support sex workers. They are doing God's work. They're they're doing the oldest profession there is, you know, like hell yeah. However, Dominic, if you're going on a trip with your son and with your old father, like, could you abstain? from hiring sex workers, especially if you don't want to get caught, especially if this was supposed to be a family trip that your wife and your daughter didn't end up coming because you fucked up, because they caught you cheating again, because they caught you doing some sneaky ass shit, you sneaky, sneaky fucking snake. Like, I feel like we're going to find out later that it's an addiction, but at the (sighs) same... But at the same time, this man is not doing anything to get over his addiction, you know? Like, as soon as he got to Italy, he's like, I, I booked my girl. She's going to be my girlfriend for the week. I I don't... Yeah, just... Don't be that guy. Just don't be that guy. That's Take it with a grain of salt. Just don't be Dominic. Because then you'll be really lonely. And with, like, an empty pit in your heart you're never gonna feel it you get so much fucking pussy so much fucking pussy from the most beautiful woman ever because lucia is a beautiful fucking woman but she's doing a job like that's a job yeah she could tell you that she finds you attractive but is it the truth miss thing is there to get paid you're never gonna feel that emptiness and you're going to be so fucking lonely. And your family is going to fucking hate you. So, don't be dumb. Thank you. Alright, fucked up fam. We have gotten to the end of our episode. You already know the drill. Go ahead and give the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. It helps with disability. It helps people join the shared psychosis, become part of the fucked up fam. We want more people to join the fucked up fam. The fucked up fam is it's just amazing. Like this relationship that we've built together can't be uh, compared to anything else um make sure to follow podcasts on social media i know i like like switch to those two i usually talk about social media first but whatever follow podcasts on social media on instagram where that show effed me up and on twitter where that d-a-t show fucked me up fucked is spelled without a u so it's f-c-k-e-d um thank you so much for listening like 
y'all don't know how much it means to me. We're starting season nine. We're starting it off with a fucking bang. Uh, we're ending it with a bang too. <laughs> if you get my drift, but I'm <laughs> yes, Dominic. Like yes, I'm gonna explain my joke. Dominic getting banged or Lucia getting banged by Dominic. So we're ending with a bang, the first episode. Um, I just, I am so grateful for all of your support during these last eight seasons. I um, thank you so much for listening. Like, you don't know how much it means to me. I love that people reach out to me and they're like, we're so happy to tune in every single Thursday and kind of like hear about your life and then get walked through the show by you. And then just like your commentary and your feedback. I... I'm so appreciative and grateful that y'all gave me an outlet, an avenue for me to express myself in this different way that I hadn't before the podcast. And I think I've gotten so much better with like just speaking and like, like my, like wording my thoughts and, and, and yeah, I, I mean, I just said I got so much better at speaking. I don't know if that is that I don't think that showed it at all, but Besides the point, irrelevant. Again, thank you so much. Y'all are appreciated. And remember, be gentle, be kind, and don't be an asshole. Unless you absolutely have to be. Goodbye.